listening to the Apollo Podcast Network. We are recording. Three, two, one. Welcome to the One Take Podcast, episode nine. We are recording a one take down of The Fugitive, uh, a movie that... A classic TNT movie, uh, if you will. Most Harrison Ford movies are. Um, a classic that Jake adores and Dex had never seen up until two seconds ago. So, I mean, he literally just rapped on watching this movie. Credits just rolled. So, so we're fresh starting one on, take. Yeah, fresh one, fresh one take, fresh one takedown. Um, I would say a pretty much a beloved movie by most who have seen it. Um, I don't think that we're going to come away with that same takedown, uh, mostly because we just break this thing down to its bare bones and shit on it. But, you know, uh, hopefully we can find some redeeming qualities with one of the best, I don't know, heist movie. I don't even know if what you would call this movie, Jake. Not a heist movie, a a manhunt movie. Um, that, is that what there we go. Yeah, a manhunt. It's not like standard cops and robbers, or like a crime film, like Heat or something. I'm gonna go with manhunt. Yeah, that makes a little bit more sense. And I mean, it it is probably the. I don't know. It probably is the pivotal manhunt movie. I guess I don't know very many more off the top of my head, but like. It it really has withstood for me at least has withstood the test of time. I think going back on it and looking back on it, I think it's um, man. I want to give I want to give it like an A minus just because some of the story the story is and the plot is thin, and you can poke holes in it really easily. Um, plus, it's kind of comical the the antagonist or the two antagonists of the film. Yeah. Uh, it's kind of comical who they end up being actually. Uh, but I would, I would, but it's so thrilling. I would give it an A minus upon rewatch. Uh, this is the first watch for me and I'd give it like a solid B. I, I enjoyed it. I just, it's been hyped up pretty much my entire life. Everyone says like, Oh, you got to watch Fugitive. I've never seen The Fugitive before. Oh, my God. Harrison Ford. It's classic. And I watched it, and I was just kind of like, eh, it's good. B. It's cool. My response to Dex is, I don't care. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Well, there we go. There's the first pun that we have of the show. No, I mean, to me, it is a... uh, an A plus all around. Oh, I mean, it's, it's more of a nostalgia play to me. Cause this is kind of one of the first movies I ever remember like watching with my mom. Uh, um, it, it's, it, it is thin. Like the whole court case against Richard Kimball is super thin. Mm-hmm. Um, the, uh, could he survive that jump off the dam, the waterfall? Probably not. But, um, like I think I think it is a perfect film. Like I think it exists in like sort of those like Tom Clancy uh, 
sort of films where the action and like the intensity is all the way amped up the whole time that you kind of ignore the plot holes. Mm -hmm. Plus it has one of the most quotable scenes of all time. The I don't care. Right. And this was one of those films with Harrison Ford that he was doing throughout throughout the 90s, like Clear and Present Danger, like Air Force One, like Patriot Games, that they all kind of run together for me. But Mm -hmm. when I remember, but there's more scenes that I remember from this movie than any of those other movies. If that makes any sense. No, I agree. Um, those movies, uh, Patriot Games, Clear and Present Danger, they kind of all run together for me. It's, I mean, typical Jack Ryan CIA stuff where country hopping and doing illegal things are, um, are shady things for the U.S. government anyway. But Fugitive definitely does stick out because it's, I, I feel like with those, like um, the Patriot and, and Clear and Present Danger, like the, the focus is on a lot of different characters, whereas you're either watching Tommy Lee Jones or you're watching Harrison Ford in this film, and that's all you get. Pretty much. So it's much more memorable. Yeah, there's a lot of other, like, I don't know, tertiary characters, mostly the U.S. Marshals that are kind of funny um, in the background, but the main guys bringing, bringing the heat, if you will, are totally Tommy Lee Jones and Harrison Ford in this movie, and mostly just Tommy Lee Jones, if we're being completely honest, because... Harrison Ford, for rather running off the key, doesn't have a lot of lines in this movie. Yeah, and Tommy Lee Jones was putting in work. Tommy Lee Jones was carrying the team on his back. Everything he said, Mm -hmm. fucking hilarious. Very, very great. (laughs) We can get into some uh, great lines from this this movie here in a little bit. But if you don't remember the plot of The Fugitive, I'll read you the synopsis right now. Uh, The Fugitive came out in 1993, has a 7.8 on IMDb user score mostly. Uh, It has an 87 Metascore on Metacritic, which is actually pretty incredible for Metacritic um, because most of of the movies that get rated on aggregate there are like 50s. Uh, So Dr. Richard Kimball, unjustly accused of murdering his wife, must find the real killer, killer, while being the target of a nationwide manhunt led by a seasoned U.S. Marshal. Director Andrew Davis stars Harrison Ford, Tommy Lee Jones. Um, it won an Oscar. Can Dex, can you guess what won the Oscar? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> it it, it was it, your boy, Tommy Lee Jones, won his know. one and only Oscar for uh, this role. And Holy best shit, supporting, right? yeah, one best supporting Oscar, one best supporting actor in the 1994, um, 1994 Oscars, which you'll be shocked to see who he beat out because he beat out. Oh, sorry, I thought. Uh, never mind. <laughs> it he beat out John Malkovich, Leonardo DiCaprio, Pete Postlewaite, and uh, Ray Fiennes. Which he probably, if when we're looking back on all of these, he probably should have won just because his character was the most entertaining. I thought this was the year that Morgan Freeman didn't win for Shawshank Redemption. So I was about to say, I thought it was a little controversy, but there is none. Um, So this movie made $368 million uh, in 1994 dollars on a $44 million budget in 1994 dollars. So them's a lot of dollars carried by the star power of both of these two people which 
I mean, it was a hit. It was a it was a hit back then, and it has still kind of remained a hit because of syndication and just replaying on cable. Um, this came out at the right time for it to just get circulated all over again. Um, like we gave our grades already, Dex said a B, uh, A minus. Uh, Jake, what did you give it again? A plus. A plus. A plus uh, that makes sense. Um, <laughs> so, so let's get right into it about um, some of, and poke some holes in this because we aren't doing this for our health. Uh, this movie starts out so fast. It starts out at a I, breakneck speed. I was immediately enthralled. I was like, okay, what the fuck is happening? I thought the train crash scene happened way later in this movie because mm-hmm. I had seen that before. I thought that was like some very like climactic thing. But nah, out the gate. Let's go. It gets it, to... Go ahead, Jake. And even before that, we have the I don't know what's happening. There's a woman that's dead. We're blaming Harrison Ford. You get the interrogation scene mm-hmm. just right there off the bat, which is kind of, it's, it's nice because you're acting, he, Harrison Ford is kind of acting like the audience. And that scene, just kind of giving vague answers, asking what's happening, what's going on. And we as the audience are like, I don't fucking know what, what, what is going on. Mm-hmm. And this this is my main complaint. I mean, his his uh, you find the man who killed my wife thing is always is always great. A one armed man. He has a great voice. Nobody compliments Harrison Ford on how gruff he always sounds, but um, <laughs> how fed up he always sounds. Uh, the this is my one complaint. Really, I'm sure I'll have more. The pacing of this movie is so weird. Because, like I was saying, it starts. Extremely. Yeah, it starts off at breakneck speed. You have a train crash. You have him being convicted of murder. He's gonna be. He's going to be killed for lethal. He's gonna be uh, executed for lethal with lethal injection. They have a train crash. Him escape. They introduce Tommy Lee Jones. He runs away. He steals an ambulance. He runs away from a helicopter, and he dives off a waterfall all within the first 30 minutes of this movie. (laughs) I watched that and I tweeted, I was like, I was like, wait, there's so much more left of this freaking movie. Yeah. And it's, it's kind of a long one too. It's like one, 130 minutes. So you still have a hundred minutes left of just nonstop punches. Yeah. This is, Sorry, this is two hours and ten minutes of film. Yeah. Um, and even after that, like, there is a bit of a lull. Um, like, when Kimball goes to the hospital and kind of the ride back into Chicago. But that first 30 minutes, it's just punches and punches and punches. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. The part that lulled for me was when he's, like, starts uh holding up in the uh the russian lady's apartment and i was like holy shit there's still an hour left of this movie i thought <laughs> we were moving somewhere god mm-hmm. damn i thought we were wrapping up we did so much already yeah oh. so what did we think about the i give the beginning a completely properly properly rated or actually no let's do this i give the beginning an underrated because it literally carried almost the rest of this film <laughs> Oh, 
totally agree that that first 30 minutes almost is the whole film like everything that happens afterwards is less important except for the the closing scene and the you doctor with the results portion but the first 30 minutes like that is the film and that's what everybody always discusses and talks about the train crash the chase through the sewers and the dam like completely underrated but also rated like whatever exists in that gray area between those two um i'd i'd call it underrated because i didn't really know or hear much about it beforehand like that the beginning of the movie had literally everything you could want in an action movie um so yeah i'll call it underrated it's really good it literally feels like they had like a 30 minute really good 30 minute like law and order tv show or something like that and then they were like we also have this other movie that we got to put on the end of this you know what i mean well it was based off a 1960s television series of the same name is it really Uh and i i i didn't know that but i know that they're putting you know that uh, weird thing quibi that they keep trying to promote uh, it's like I 10 minute short videos you've seen oh, it right? oh yeah 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 it's like 10 minute short videos uh i think that they're doing a fugitive tv show on quibi i'm gonna tell you what i'm not gonna be watching a 10 minute fugitive <laughs> fugitive um give me 30 yeah, minutes it's the dumbest idea ever just so we can get that out there that is going to suck and fail immediately and no one will watch it thank they, you for coming to my chat talk they made <laughs> they made youtube they did. um but yeah the the 1960s show the fugitive is the whole movie in, into one but you just get more exposition of kimball trying to find the one-armed man but yeah can we poke holes real quick on how terrible this dude's legal defense team was incredibly terrible the only I mean TBH I thought he did it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean I knew he didn't do it because that's not how yeah, movies no. work, but like hey man, it sounds like you did it. So what well, the 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 courts all they have is that the wife said Richard as she's dying on the nine one one call. And then that she has a lucrative life insurance policy? As if a cardiovascular surgeon isn't making it hand over fist already, he needs extra life insurance money. Mm-hmm. Circumstantial evidence all over the place. So the fact that the that they were able to the the DA was able to piece together uh, a uh, one a conviction, but two a conviction where they're going to execute this guy. Yeah, what universe is this it. in? They pulled a death sentence out on a, a name and a phone call. That's it. And I like how they like constantly brush him off as like, oh yeah, a one arm man. Like that's possible. Didn't have both arms. Like it's not like in the two thousands we got the invention of amputees. Yeah. <laughs> I, <laughs> like, I, they, they constantly are brushing him off as like, oh yeah, a one arm man. Sure, Richard. Like those things exist. <laughs> like come on yeah it's just like first of all that is a dumb story though like if you told that to your if you told it'd be like a one-armed man like came and like killed yeah what that's a wild one though out of that that sound out of left field but it's not enough 
to one, not believe a guy, but also two, to get a murder conviction. I don't know. Like his defense team stunk. They were like, yeah, we're looking for the death penalty. And his defense team was like, absolutely. Sure. Go ahead. Uh, Okay. But like, to be fair, they had his fingerprints on the murder weapon and on the bullets that were in it. It was in his house. No forced entry. Like, his defense was a one-armed man came in and killed his wife for no apparent reason. I mean, he doesn't have the best defense here. Yeah, but he doesn't have enough for a for an execution is what I'm trying to get at. They weren't going to okay. ex- they would never execute this guy. Yeah, plus he's white. He's not going to get the death penalty over just <laughs> a white doc so- a white doctor? You shitting me? They're never going to They're not going to give that guy the the needle. Is Chicago in 1993? No, 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 no. Yeah. <laughs> You're free to go, man. Get out of here. Yeah. You know what? Here's my badge and gun. <laughs> Do you need some money for cab fare? You take it. You get out of here. Uh, no, and apparently he looks like a nice enough guy to just be allowed to work in random hospitals. So Let's move on. I mean, let's, there's no way they would kill him. Let's move on yeah, to that point. Um... Yeah, that's I, all I wanted to know is what were his defense lawyers like? Do they have any argument? <laughs> just be like, uh, no. Or they're just like, well, yeah, all this evidence seems circumstantial. Give him the needle. Your Honor, they're probably don't... just like, believe my man, please. <laughs> Free Richard Kimball, please. You know, then again, we don't really believe him either. <laughs> then again, we. We do live in a universe where anything these like police officers say is immediately taken as fact, given by the sheriff at the train wreck who gets humiliated. Oh yeah. Here in and let's let's move on to the rest of this first bit. So he gets out of a train, also waits way too long to jump out of that train. I mean, I guess you need that for the movie, but you're like Nah, that dog. Yeah, slow-mo. yeah. Peace. I'm out. Like, he literally just stood there for a second. I was like, "Dude, jump! What are you doing?" Watching the train, and that train derailment scene is still really, really like good. It like looks really like if you did that today. There's some parts where you, part Pete's what? There's some parts where you're like, okay, yeah, that's like a model or something like that. But most of it, you're they put that in a movie today i'd be like yeah okay that makes it you know like that looks good um apparently they actually really did use a train and it cost one million dollars to crash it are you shitting me yeah the... oh, never mind i, I <laughs> apparently don't know what a real train crash looks like <laughs> Yeah, they took a decommissioned train on a rail line that was also decommissioned, paid $1 million and crashed that thing and filmed it in one take. Hell yeah, one take. Movies are nuts, man. If you're, if you're just like, what do you need the money for? I'm going to crash a train. Do it. All right. Bring it on. Uh, that sounds very like Tom Cruise to do. Tom Cruise would have been driving the train and then jumping out of it. Just those stunts. Tom Cruise would have definitely been in the bus when the train was the actually in the bus when the train was bearing down on them. <laughs> For sure. And it yeah. would have been an amazing scene. Thank you, Tom Cruise. 
Uh, bless up. The uh, I don't know. The train scene is good. He gets away, and then we're introducing to Tommy Lee Jones, who has some of the best lines that ever. He's like, "Well, shit, sheriff." <laughs> yeah, his whole introduction is incredible. He just immediately takes over. <laughs> Oh. Yeah, when he just walks up and starts flexing on the sheriff or whatever, like, whose authority or, like, whose jurisdiction and blah, 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 like, he just starts listing off, like, the governor and, like, the U.S. Marshals and all this <laughs> shit. I'm just like, what fucking go? I'm Team Tommy Lee Jones. Oh, he's so good. And he, he takes no prisoners. Like, that is the best part of Tommy Lee Jones in this film is that he does his job well and... Not until I jump to the end, but at no point in time do we have, like, kind of what's pretty prevalent in films today where we have to have the twist explained to us. All, um, what is he, Gerard? All Gerard does is, like, kind of slowly believes Kimball is innocent, but he never has, like, Harrison Ford be like, no, look, see, the one-armed man was a detective paid by my friend who doctored the result. Like, he's just a good cop that wants to do his job. Mm-hmm. Uh, my uh, my favorite thing is uh, when we uh, you know, usually we find you know, I don't know what we do when we find sha- leg shackles without no legs in them. You care to revise your statement? <laughs> <laughs> and he just you so know, pretty classic lines in here. I need a I need roadblocks at every hen house, outhouse, and doghouse. He does have some weird meta knowledge. He's like, we've had a fugitive on the run for 90 minutes. He's only been in like this, like a 10-mile circle. That gives us a radius of six miles. Like, jeez. Wow. How How did you know this? He knows the average, like, walking speed of a human. Also, is uh, Richard Kimball randomly the fastest human being of all time? (laughs) Dude, he was he's bookedly magic. Yeah, I mean, again, he just jumps out of a dam and lives. Like, I, he's got like a little bit of magic powers to him. Let's move on to the uh, part that Dex was talking about just a little while ago. That, um, so we're not just gonna pretend like Harrison Ford is just walking in these hallways right now. Like, sir, you look <laughs> a lot like you look a lot like Harrison Ford. Well, it's like it's not, not like even... Harrison Ford. He's like one of the mo- he was one of the most like marketable not in this universe. Yeah, it's not Harrison Ford, but he's also one of the best looking dudes in Hollywood history, forever. So like we're just gonna pretend like this dude isn't. He looks like an everyman. Nah, get out of here. He's not Tom Hanks. <laughs> I know you got something to say about that, Dex. Like he's just walking into hospitals, taking clothes, pretending to be doctors for sure. I definitely do. I tweeted about this. I was like, why is Tommy Lee Jones the only person in America who knows what Harrison Ford looks like? It doesn't make any sense at any point. Like, it It's not like he's just kind of got a ball cap on, walking around real casual, like sunglasses or anything like that. No, nah, he's just bald-faced out here in the streets, walking around, chopping it up, taking care of patients in random hospitals he's never worked at before everybody's just like, oh, yeah, this dude definitely works here. He's white. He looks nice. Let's tell him do whatever. My guy shaves, and everyone's just like, "Who? who's that? <laughs> never seen him in my life. I've never seen this guy before in my life. 
completely different person. Although I did put on Twitter, I was like, I can kind of relate to, uh, said Harrison Ford shaving his beard and all of a sudden being unrecognizable does hit a little bit close to home because when I shave my face, I look like a toddler. So, so I kind of get it, but, uh, he steals an old man's clothes and Uh food. (laughs) <laughs> and water and water anyway the old man die. <laughs> just it was uh, funny the cop goes cops like hey have you ever seen him guy brown hair six foot he's like every day i look in the mirror buddy <laughs> <laughs> do you think that the prescription that he wrote the kid to save his life do you think that actually went through because like the second he gets caught and, the, and he busts out of the hospital and goes running do you think the cops would have been like, hey, what he wrote down, throw it away. It doesn't count. They took it. It wasn't a prescription. They took the kid to surgery. Oh, yeah. So okay. he, he wrote down a uh, like a surgical procedure that needed to be done. Uh, some, but, you know, I don't know what it was, but. But do you think like whoever took those kids into the OR would have been like, I don't know who this doctor is that requested this. We're not doing this. All doctors I would like to think like hospitals are more secure than they are in this movie. I don't. I haven't been to the hospital in several years, so I like don't remember the particulars of the security. But I would hope that random dudes off the street can't just walk in, look like they're smart, and like start writing down shit that gets done to my body. That would be awful. Yeah, can I just like put on a lab coat, walk in, and point to like nurses and be like, "Take this kid to surgery right now. He needs his life saved." <laughs> Because that seems to be the okay thing in this universe. My dude was not even in a lab coat. He was in he was in a janitor's outfit, and they were just like, "Yeah, okay." <laughs> hey, you take this kid. <laughs> take the. This is not my job, lady. It's not my job, Julianne Moore. Uh, speaking of. Uh, a lot of weird cameos in this, um, not cameos, but a lot of weird sort of people before they were super famous were in this movie, uh, including Julianne Moore and, uh, well, I had it. Oh no, this is going to be terrible. Jane Lynch. Oh uh, yeah. Jane Lynch. Uh, a doctor. Say that again. She was a doctor, right? Yeah. She was one of his friends. Um, anyway, if we had to rate, uh, Harrison Ford's performance in this, I give it a, uh, B because he doesn't have much to do. Gives a pretty good physical performance, uh, pretty, some pretty good lines in the beginning and he gets his ass kicked in the very end of the movie. But like, uh, he doesn't have a lot of like, this is Tommy Lee Jones's movie. So the fact that it's like, he's outacted by Tommy Lee Jones in every step of the way in this, in this movie. But I would still give his performance a B. Um, I'm gonna give him an A, but oh, sorry, we're doing overrated, underrated. Damn it! Shit. Well, A. Uh, uh, actually, in that case, I'll go underrated. Man, I forgot our own systems. My head's somewhere else. Um, but for one specific scene, and it's the I didn't kill my wife. I don't care. Tommy Lee Jones drops his gun and Harrison Ford picks it up, but he picks it up so hesitantly and so scared because he doesn't want to use it. He just wants to be left alone. And it's like, it's that little bit of extra acting where it goes from, he's just a dude on the run to 
he's just a dude trying to prove his innocence and he doesn't want to make a mistake. It's like it's just kind of like a little flourish that I'm like, oh, he's good. But otherwise, else, yeah, he he writes the whole film. I don't believe he's an actual doctor. Like even trying to save that kid's life, I'm like, mm, you're just still Harrison Ford. But he does play guy on the run trying to prove his innocence really well. All of your points are very fair, but I'm still gonna go with overrated just because. Ooh. Just because I. I've heard about this movie my entire life, right? Uh, and I expected it to be just Tommy Lee Jones and Harrison Ford dropping classic after classic on each other, right? And that's not what I got here. Harrison Ford did not have a whole lot to do. He did what little he had to do pretty well, but I mean, it's like in a gymnastics competition where you have a starting difficulty, and his starting difficulty was like an eight, and he nailed that eight, and that's it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'll probably actually side with you, Dex, on a little overrated because it it um, it's it's not far overrated by me, but it's a little overrated because he's like he's the promotional, he's like on every poster, Harrison Ford in the Fugitive. You know what I mean? Like they're yeah. not trotting mm-hmm. Tommy Lee Jones downtrodden face out there on a poster. It's like uh, it's Harrison Ford, and. He just doesn't like he has a few emotional he's a he's actually vulnerable for once or twice in this movie, which is not a lot not a lot you can say about a perennial action star. But um yeah, I'll go a little overrated just because I mean, maybe it's a script, maybe it's maybe it's just some choices he made, but he just doesn't bring a whole lot other than a few things for me. Uh Tommy Lee Jones performance in this and then we can just uh actually have a pretty quick podcast and poke holes in the rest of the movie uh tommy lee jones performance properly rated because i think everybody knows what we're working with here yeah same it's a classic everyone treats it like the classic properly rated um actually i will agree properly rated um only because it is his film and he carries a lot of the brunch of the weight. He plays cool comic collect the whole time. Like he's just cool man that was born into this world as an 80 year old man, Tommy Lee Jones the whole time, <laughs> man. You know, I, I saw somebody tweet. I forgot what it was. He's like, you know, it's a young, it's a, uh, it's a young Tommy Lee Jones or it's an old movie when Tommy Lee Jones is sprinting. <laughs> he was he was they were people were getting in some cardio in this yeah uh the whole scene i always still think though that they're gonna catch him in the scene where they're in the jail or in the prison and they're running up and down the stairs uh, oh yeah i i always do feel like they're gonna catch him in that but the fact that he gets away how many times he slips away that would drive a police officer to like to drink i feel like they would i feel like they would i would quit i would quit i'd be like you know what this guy wants wants away bad enough yeah i i would have given up long ago if i were tommy lee jones but because he tommy lee jones he gets the job done Let's talk about the second half of this movie because we've talked about, I guess it's only like the first quarter, but so there is that lull where he sort of tries to figure out who the one-armed man is. He goes to his house and that's all sort of, that's all very interesting 
especially how he kind of leads the police to them on purpose, like leaves the phone on the hook and everything else. Um, but the fact that it's still a one-armed man is really stupid. Like, how are we going to find? Yeah, it, how are we going to find he, this guy? What other characteristics? Do, yeah, what other characteristics does he have? Well, he has one. Let's give him. Uh, uh, how do we make him uh, one arm? One arm. <laughs> Who, another thing too. Who's the guy going around hiring a one-armed man for hire for? A murder. For secure. Yeah, for security. That seems his like a security is, breach. His, his <laughs> last name is Sykes, which is a very 90s badass name. Sykes. And he's a Frederick Sykes. And he's a former police officer? Like, wouldn't somebody know a former police officer has one arm? Like, I feel like he's much more recognizable than he is. Nobody made these connections or ask these questions it was just like okay richard campbell killed his wife for some reason this weekend yeah, <laughs> yeah absolutely well there i mean guys there's several it's chicago there's several one-armed men probably <laughs> apparently not apparently in the entire city of chicago there's literally only like 500 or however many there was and he was able to narrow it down to three <laughs> Yeah, when he when he he goes to the hospital and goes into the prosthetics department, which also what luck that he the one armed man got his prosthetics from that one hospital, the one hospital in all of Chicago, and yeah, that it, right. he he was <laughs> able to find him pretty quick. He did in, in five minutes. He did what it took a whole team of detectives to convict him for. <laughs> yeah like hey maybe research one-armed men in the city i kind of know what the prosthesis looks like everything else check his background maybe something nah you killed your wife you killed your wife come on look at you you <laughs> killed your wife she said your name on the phone you you did. uh we all know you, you did, did it too. it's the beard the beard gave it away it's true but also, what kind of name applause, is Kimble, anyway. Richard. Um, but applause all around to the pharmaceutical company that makes Provasic for employing one-armed people. Way to be an equal opportunity employer. Equal opportunity. You love to see it. Yeah. You love to see it. Promoting In the equal 90s. opportunity employees and kidney failure. <laughs> Your doctor's I got to say it. I feel like the ADA was not really a thing at that point. Like they, they were ahead of the curve. Yeah, a little bit. Oh, so to poke holes in the rest of this movie, the plot super overrated. The plot twist in this movie is so overrated. I remember, I think I audibly groaned when they were like, it's a drug conspiracy or whatever. I was like, Oh, <laughs> like, like he killed his wife. Like, <laughs> over a drug conspiracy because he wanted to sell more drugs. I sort of understand that part. What did, what did the wife have to do with I think the drug conspiracy thing? I think they were they trying were to kill gonna, Richard Kimball, right? Yeah, they were trying to kill Richard because he was going to come out to the FDA that Probasic kills kidneys or something. But why is their response to kill him? Pay like, him off, you didn't... Just, 
are like discredit him or I get commercials daily that says nine out of ten dentists hate something. So why can't it be like nine out of ten de- uh, doctors love Provasic and the one is just a jerk? <laughs> like why would you have to kill Richard Kimball in order to get this drug out there? Nine out of that is a very fair point. Very good point. And also, if what Kimball claims to be true that Provasic causes some sort of organ failure, wouldn't that be found out once it goes to the public pretty quick? So it would be pulled off the shelves really quick anyway. Why kill him to only get like stopped by the FDA in the long run? Trying to make that quick buck, dude. <laughs> Nine out of ten yeah. doctors in the Chicago area think Richard Kimball's a bitch. <laughs> Just run a smear that, campaign. Yeah. Beyond the fact that killing Richard Kimball was a weird plan, I just want to know why did they pivot immediately to killing his wife and framing him instead? And why did were they so good at framing him? I don't. Yeah, like how, what a what a hell of an audible by by that team. They're like, he's not here. Uh, kill the wife. <laughs> Omaha, Omaha. We'll kill the wife. We'll frame him flawlessly, and he'll get executed for it. And it's like the same thing. That what? And you can't leave any prints because you only got one. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's it's not like Sykes is a good murderer anyway. He kills a cop in like broad daylight. Yeah, shoot, just totally like he's coming to kill Richard Kimball on like really just just what it takes his time on that. I'm going to tell that right now. That fight's They weren't even after him. Uh, no. They weren't even after him. Like, they were after Richard Kimball. Like, they, y'all are on the same team here. Why are you shooting the cop? What's wrong with you, dude? <laughs> yeah. If you just put the gun away, they're going to take Richard Kimball to jail. He'll just be the crazy man shouting in solitary confinement that he's innocent. No one would listen to him. You're, you're good. You're in the clear. You wanted to talk about that. That, that fight scene is... And that does not age well no it's at all go ahead dex it's got speak your truth worst cuts awful cuts in it the punches you could like are so clearly not hitting anything just you can like here's a like a literal kapow like every time he punches or kicks whammy just (laughs) bam it's just not good at all um and then when he actually like kicks the window, you can see him actually kicking the window, and it's like so so much different. Uh, like he kicks the window to get out of the train, right? Yeah. And you, you can see him like making contact with it, and it's like very obvious he really kicked the window. But, but watching him like fake punch and kick this old man, just why why did we do this? Why does why does fifty year old six still six pack Harrison Ford struggle with a one armed? 70 year old cop for like at least two minutes i mean he ends up kicking his ass but like at first there's a little bit of a struggle like take his arm off and beat him to death with it what do you like <laughs> like why i feel like this becomes a much different movie if harrison ford is taking off people's arms and beating them with them i mean they, holy shit the anti-prosthetic message that's too. That's a little bit Turn too far. All the way up. <laughs> they get. They're gonna get letter. We're gonna get letters from amputees. But they were sitting there going like, 
But it's just like he struggles with like a 70-year-old man. Like, I know you got to have a little bit of conflict here, but what? Yeah, yeah he ends I, up kicking his yeah. ass. But it's, uh, You know what would have been hilarious? If he would have accidentally handcuffed his uh, prosthetic arm. Oh, my God. <laughs> that would have been really funny. See, Dude. this is would have taken the movie to an A-plus for me. <laughs> the just, prosthetic arm joke. He's just like, oh, shit. Like, no, any more handcuffs? Does that dead cop have any more handcuffs? I mean... Uh, I, also, to to wrap up this whole fight scene thing, the, the cops find the dead cop and the handcuffed other... The guy that is also now a suspect in Sykes on the train... And they're still like Harrison Ford killed the cop. Yeah, yeah, I don't. Yeah, yeah. these cops yeah. have been so I have no wrong. idea. <laughs> like, just unless the cops find Sykes and like, wait a minute, this guy's got one arm. Hold on, the guy is now a suspect. <laughs> they the U.S. Marshals have to have told them that they're like staking out their house, his house, but. Yeah, my my boy Richard's the cop killer. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And then and then they yeah, they continue I... to be wrong on TV when they go to him and they're like, you know, are you should like the U.S. Marshals aren't really arresting him? Are you sure it's he's actually a cop killer? Well, we're not not sure that he's not the cop killer. You know, like like he could be. Like you would get sued. The press conference they gave, where they were like, "Uh, he's not innocent. He's guilty. He killed his wife. We all know he killed his wife." Blah blah. I was like, "Why are we doing this? What? Yeah. What's the point of this? Just find the guy. He was in prison. He's out. He escaped. Go catch him." Gotta, What's the press there's a, for? There's the 1993 version of a serial podcast was like doing a deep dive on Richard Kimball, so they had to sway public perception again. <laughs> Hi, I'm Sarah Koenig. <laughs> Sarah Koenig. Tonight we talk about Dr. Richard Kimball. Did you know that no cell phones were invented so they couldn't plug this guy with an erroneous crime? <laughs> A crime he didn't commit. Check the cell phone towers. Dr. Richard Kimball made three calls. Although that is how they, they pin how they pin the murder on his friend is because he makes a call from his phone car, which is a data phone car, car phone, which is a dated reference. That's how they pin it on him. Yeah. He's like, wait, he made one call from look, which how dumb do you have to be if you're committing high crimes and treason to, uh, to call from, your future arrested friend's phone. Nobody will be looking at that. And apparently nobody was. Nobody ever did. Nobody was. We want to keep calling it stupid, but also they got away with it for so long. Dude was about to be executed. So, I mean, it it was coming up money for very long. The, um, 
the ending fight scene's kind of funny because it's just two middle-aged white dudes fighting each other with like anything that they can find in a room. When yeah. he pushed the like hanging whatever that was, that like iron bar into the other cop and knocked him out, I, it was moving so slow and it was so I No, I, I, I laughed. I Joe Pantoliano got domed. Yeah. No, I <laughs> I agree. It was kind of like that Austin Powers steamroller joke where the guy's just like, move out of the way, move out of the way. Like, Pantoliano could have moved, but no, he took it. He took it like a champ. Turned around no, just no, right in the face. No uh, awareness of his surroundings as a police officer. <laughs> Madden awareness no, level five. No reflexes, nothing. Just don't. Also, they like fall down an elevator shaft and somehow live. Like Harrison Ford lands face first on the top of a metal elevator. It was just like Harrison Ford is magic. We've established this. Yeah, that's true. Um, can I go back to like a couple of scenes just to the confrontation? Yeah, we're all over the the place on this one. I think we rated all that we could rate in this movie, but now we're just I'm just poking holes in this thing, even though I like it a lot. I have one hole that I want to poke so bad, and it's the confrontation scene. But you switched the samples. You killed Lins, didn't you? All, all Nichols does is go, ladies and gentlemen, my friend Dr. Richard Kimball is feeling unwell, <laughs> like he's trying to discourage them. Wouldn't everybody in that ballroom know that Kimball or there's at least a fugitive at large? Like, what do they immediately see Kimball? Like, oh, that's the dude that killed his wife. We shouldn't believe a single thing he's saying. We should call the cops. Yeah, we should like, be alarmed. We should yeah, like, like move from this building. Why wouldn't Nichols be like, whatever he's saying, don't listen. Call the cops. He's on the run. He derailed a train. Like, say anything. It doesn't matter. He needs to go to jail. Nichols could have gotten away with this so easily. Yeah, it would be like, uh, if he would have just gotten on the microphone and he's like, you doctored the samples. Well, you killed your wife, so... Uh, <laughs> Lesser two evils, my friend. Hey, we want to play this game all night, man. The wife killer <laughs> loses this argument. <laughs> or he could. And have, also, like, if you're just going to fight Harrison Ford anyway, you could have started fighting him right there. Everyone would have been on your side. <laughs> yeah, he could have just like dive tackled him and made a citizen's arrest. Like, if you wanted to punch Kimball, just punch Kimball. Not once yeah, do I ever. Yeah, I never leave a room full of people. To go to a room of no people with a guy that, that wants to kill me. Yeah. Why, <laughs> why does Nichols need to shut him up? Like, hey, doesn't that look very suspicious to everybody in the room? But like, wait, why does Nichols want to go talk to him? What did they have to talk about? That guy killed his wife. Yeah, Kimball's first move after realizing that his friend who broke out of prison and was murdering his wife now realizes that um i've already forgot his fucking name the murdery friend is responsible his first move is to be like let's let's just go talk about this outside let's separate ourselves from all witnesses from the cops let's just let's just go talk about this like two nice chicago men (laughs) we seem to have a disagreeing misunderstanding please richard i know you killed your wife but let's talk did I mention he killed his wife? 
<laughs> yeah, Nichols could have gotten out of that situation so easily. Be like, just, hey, everybody call the cops. There's a man yelling at us. But no, he pulls them aside. That was his mistake. Speaking of the wife, I feel like there was there could have been something else here about the wife. I don't know. We just were introduced to the wife in like these black and white photos of her murdered body. She shows up in a flashback for like 30 seconds. I didn't really understand what was happening. And then she gets murdered in more black and white like photo shots. And I'm just like, I don't know anything about the wife. I don't know why he cares about the wife. I, I guess it's just his wife and that's supposed to be enough. And she's murdered now and that's sad. And he's sad about his wife maybe, but also mostly just sad because he's in jail. I don't know how much he cares about his wife. He just doesn't want to be in jail. It's weird. I don't know. I thought they could have played that differently. Yeah, they really underutilize a a Fox sell award. I'll say it. She's she's looking good in this movie. I will say that. But the um, I don't know if y'all agree or disagree. You don't have to. That's my opinion. Sorry if it offends. The um, the they don't. And that's the problem with the kind of the pacing of this movie. I think a little bit is that it's also like we don't really establish a connection between the two uh, only for like two seconds in a, at a party and in the car and that we know that they're going to have some great middle-aged sex and then <laughs> and then she uh she tragically passes that's a, that's like the only connection that we get between these two and she comes back in like flashbacks randomly in his dreams, but I don't know. Yeah, you're right, Dex. I kind of, I do kind of agree with that where it's just like, can we have a little bit more time with these two together before he, she gets murdered? Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Cause it's like, if we're supposed to care about his wife being murdered, then like, let's, let's go with that. But if we're only supposed to care about him being framed, then like, I, I mean, I guess that's fine, but it's just like, it feels a little hollow, you know? Yeah. There's also a couple of parts that we missed. Uh, the, the house raid when they kill the the other convict uh, where Tommy Lee Jones sneaks around the corner and just domes that guy. Oh, yeah. Great uh, shot. Where they're all pretending to be drunk, which what a that was interesting. Why did you do that? Nobody's paying attention. <laughs> that yeah. did not matter at all. You yeah, did they, not need to do that. They still were able to just kick down the door. It's not like they were like... <laughs> Not like they were walking outside the house and they're like, oh, it's just two drunk guys. Oh, wait, FBI, you know. <laughs> Which is the so two... innocuous. Just two casual drunk people. Sort of a weird sort of dynamic between him and the rookie, though, like that we don't get any more of the rest of the, the, rest of the time. I guess it kind of establishes uh, Gerard's character, but it's just more of like he just goes up to him. He's like, I can't hear anything. He's like, can you hear this? I don't bargain. And that's it. Like, it was just like, Ooh, <laughs> this, okay, Tommy. I, it was cool. That's all it was. What a yeah. flex. Tommy Lee Jones flexing this entire movie. You love to see it. Just had his, just, he had his nuts out in this movie. And he was like, all right, guys, y'all want to, <laughs> y'all want to catch up? So the whole go get me a donut scene. Like that's the best flex. Make yeah. me up a donut. <laughs> so uh, uh I would say this is actually probably I would probably say 
I love Men in Black. I was going to ask, this is probably Tommy Lee Jones' best movie, right? This or No Country for Old Men, maybe? No Country is good. Um, another one along those lines, uh, uh, Double Jeopardy. That's true. Uh, he's, I, I mean, he's basically playing the exact same person. He's basically Gerard without being named Gerard. He's a great cop. He's a, he's a character actor cop. Well, you know what's funny is he was born to play this character because I said in a tweet, and I said we said it last week, Tommy Lee Jones was born at 65 years old and fed up. <laughs> yeah. He's yeah, always had that hound dog look on his face, just like, uh, uh. It was like that's what I imagine he sounds like when he's going to just get like ice cream or something. Uh, chocolate. <laughs> it's just grizzled. I, you know, these are in this. I'll wrap up with what I have to say about this movie. I, I just said, uh, I love Joe Pantoliano's range going from a U.S. Marshal and the Fugitive to Police Captain and Bad Boys. Yeah. Um, the I don't, I didn't kill my wife. I don't care line that was improv. That's kind of like a known fact that everybody loves to quote now. Maybe because oh. he forgot his line or maybe because he felt it was better. Maybe he just wanted to flex on Harrison Ford because Harrison Ford's most famous improv line is the I love you, I know. So Tommy Lee Jones was like, hold on, I got one too. Well, I one up this one real quick. Deal with it, Han Solo. Uh, and I said uh, Richard uh, Richard Swan Dive off the dam was an absolute 10. <laughs> Except for the shot, the wide shot, it's clearly a dummy. <laughs> like, nobody... <laughs> <laughs> just not fla- just not flailing or scared at all it's just like a just, and it's kind of like flooding floating which i'm like did they do like a uh a inflatable dummy too so they didn't like have to waste a budget because he kind of does like this motion of like a wiggle like they didn't not need to do that shot they could have left it in the dam and that little pipe thing and just shown him falling off like where else is gonna go you don't need to watch him fall like that would be cgi'd now right for sure or they would yeah. like green screen it or something tom cruise would actually jump off a fucking dam i'm telling you you're probably not wrong and that will be in the new mission impossible movie now that you just said it <laughs> We just wanted to go bigger and better because the audience knows. It's like, we well, don't really. Like, not really. Uh, Anything else y'all have? I mean, this is going to be an, actually a pretty quick episode. And then we, because I want to talk about Love is Blind really quick before we go because we will not have a uh, Thursday, Friday episode because I'm going home and the Wi Fi in Livingston, Texas doesn't work. Um, the only thing I'd ask is what do we think happens to Kimball afterwards? Cause our closing shot is not him like being exonerated or even like a handshake as he's walking out of jail with Gerard. No, he's in the back of the car. Still in handcuffs. Do you, like, does he have to go through jail for a while and have like a retrial or testify against Nichols? I don't want to think that so, much about it. I think he just, I think he's off. I think he's performing surgeries. Just goes home that night. I feel like even if you're in prison, wrongly convicted, you can't break out of prison. Like, I feel 
there rules against that. So he might have to just stay in there for a little while, even if he gets off on the murder charge, right? Is that not how it works? I don't know. Yeah, see, that's what I'm wondering, too. I mean, I, I, guess, I guess the guard that he saved would help him in that situation, but technically he was under arrest and was a fugitive. Like, he did break the law in that regard. Yeah, you can't just do that, can you? I feel like... <laughs> You got also for like, also forged also forged a doctor's signature for a surgery on a child. It's true. And again, oh yeah, that child is getting some paper from that hospital because what the fuck, man? First of all, yeah. you bitches were gonna take me down to the to just the waiting room where I was gonna die, and then you let a janitor sign my papers. What the fuck? A janitor <laughs> that turned out to be. A janitor that turned out to be a fugitive that you guys just let wander around? No, that kid is making so much money. That killed his wife. That killed his wife? He doesn't care. Uh, no. My final thoughts are, even as, as much as well, I want to poke holes into it, it's still a great film. If it's on TV, I will watch it no matter what. Like I said, great TNT movie. Yeah, my, final thought is, my final thought is just that it is really good. Uh, I'm glad I finally got around to watching it. It was one of those movies everybody was like shocked at that I had never seen before. Uh, so now I'm glad that I've seen it. It was an enjoyable experience. I also really liked... Um, there was one line that really stood out to me because it was a reference to another movie. People were upset at me for not having seen that I have now seen. Um, the sheriff, when he gets to the train, when Tommy Lee Jones gets to the train site, calls him Wyatt Earp. And I was like, holy shit, that reference. I've seen Tombstone now. Yes. All you, the white movies coming in. You are finally seeing all of the dad, or white dad movies. Yep. It's happening. I'm knocking off the list one by one. Tombstone was great. If you were, if you were raised in the uh, 2000s by a white father, you have seen all of these movies. Cause... I'm building a cinematic universe. I have to find the connections. I got one for the each of you. Anyway. Two guns. <laughs> one for the both of you. Um, all right. I'm love is blind. blind. Oh, great. I'll okay, yeah. We're going to do is Love is Blind. I've watched the first three episodes. Um, uh, you're not deep enough. You're uh, not deep enough. I know I'm not deep enough. I just got to give my thoughts really quickly. Um, so y'all have finished all ten that are out right now, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh, damn. Please don't spoil it for me, but I find myself having to pause this show out of secondhand embarrassment and go, what the hell is happening? What is this? It's one of it's one of the worst shows I've ever seen, but I cannot stop watching it. It's such hot trash. Oh, my God. It's re- garbage. I recently learned... This was filmed in November 2018. God damn, how did they cut this? What? They've been been sitting on this for a while. So either these couples are married or like most likely divorced. Or didn't get married at all. Oh yeah, that's also an option. For a lot of them. Well, I'm wondering if they have, like, the same contract as, like, the. well, I mean, it's almost every reality show that if you're on it where 
there's like crises and stuff at the end, you can't talk about it. You can't go on social or anything. Or they'll sue you. So have these people just been sitting on this for two years? Like, hey, I was married for a couple of days for TV. Sorry. Well, that's what I want to know, though, too, is because it's like uh, Lauren and um, Cameron. Cameron, thank you. That was the one thing that I was like looking at. It was like because they seem I sort of like them the most, which is weird to say because none of these people are super likable. But like I sort of like so like okay, well they make the most sense, but they uh, also just if you go on their social media because I'm a weirdo and I did. They yeah, just don't to. they just don't have pictures of each other. So it's just like but I, don't, I don't know. I don't think they can. I, I think for like, two years, though, though this is what you're saying I, for like two years. I know. Like even like bachelor contestants screw up after a week and they only had to keep it under wraps for like three months. So they've been sitting on this for two years, which is crazy. Like these don't seem like super secret keepers. Well, even they really that, don't. Even that, like, this is a very big thing. Like, even if these marriages stood the test of time, like, not even one friend kind of let it slip. They're like, I don't know, to another friend, be like, hey, I know these guys that got married after 38 days. Isn't it wild? Like, nobody in the world knows, and they're all somehow under this NDA. Exactly. I read something about uh, the Rory guy, which is the most random character out of, like, the, like... God. Like I love him so much. Who the f- I forgot about him entirely. Yeah, because they don't show him. Plant. Because yeah, everybody thinks he's a plant, like or an actor or like a therapist or something, just talking to all these dude bros in the in the house. But like, they he said he's like they weren't prepared. He said the producers were not prepared for eight people to propose. They were I said we only thought like five of y'all were gonna do it. So they had to overcorrect for six. Yeah, because there was like four other couples that also got engaged that got nothing. Yeah, because they just either their stories weren't interesting or they just were like, I don't care. So because Rory got engaged. Yeah, so they were just like they didn't show any of it, and they were just sort of like, sorry, we didn't think this would work. <laughs> oh shit. Which is wild for a show that wanted the premise to be like, is love blind? For them to be like, of course not. I just want to make a good TV show. We didn't think you psychos would actually do this. What the fuck? I kind of imagine like those producers that are watching the live feeds of them like, oh shit, it, it's, it's been four days. Is he really, He's really proposing. And they all suspected to be in the pods for like 20 days or something. Did this weirdo just say he loved? Did this weirdo say she loved oh. him back? What are we doing? What are we doing? Wait, wait, what? What have you seen? What was the last thing you saw? Uh, like, who was I think the last thing I saw was Mark being a simp for Jessica. Uh, <laughs> um, there, I'm, I'm still God in Cancun. Damn it, Jessica. I'm still in Cancun. Uh, the Diamond and uh, Carlton just uh, yelled at each other. Incredible, incredible TV. Oh my gosh, <laughs> I like had to pause it a couple times when it when I was cracking up, but he like because she like threw a diamond ring in the pool, and he like no he throws it. Oh yeah, he throws a diamond he's, ring. He's like fuck the ring, fuck the ring, just throws it. Oh my god, she pours it. <laughs> and she is quoting word for 
word Beyonce lyrics. What did, as this is happening? What did he say to her? Your wig's been slipping. Your wig's been slipping the entire time. Like Christ Almighty! Like oh no. Good. I, I, he took that whole fight zero to a hundred real quick. Like she was just kind of like upset as a normal person would being hit with this information. Exactly. He would just immediately was like. No, I'm going to hit you now. It doesn't matter. I am angry. He didn't like that girl anyway. But it was just like, like, it was just sort of like, uh, it was just hot trash, man. It's just a hot trash. Let's find the just dumbest people. And like, because obviously, if you have to agree to this, you're not self-respecting enough to. And it's all like, they're all pretty good looking people. You know, I was going to say dudes and girls, but they're all pretty good looking guys and girls like what what's the obviously the problem is is that y'all are all psychos right like is that the problem like four chicks love garnet she drinks too much (laughs) jessica's an alcoholic uh (laughs) it does not get better for her the problem was it's like four chicks were like i love barnett are you serious why i don't understand I think it's because he's got that country twang and they're all in Chicago. Like it, I think almost everybody except for Barnett and Amber are from Chicago. God. Look so, at- so like having that like little bit of like country twang, like, Oh, he's interesting and mysterious. Like how normal people are with British accents. Hot mess express Barnett and Amber. Like, Oh, good oh. Lord. Let's take the two worst people on this show besides Jessica and put them to, See what kind of offspring they can make. I am. They really very... put the three worst people on the show in a love triangle. That's insane. <laughs> yeah, I'm still not as close to y'all are. Like, I understand that there's even more going on between those three and Mark. But man, everybody's God, like on Twitter, Mark. like Mark, get away! Like, you don't need just blah, blah, blah. like Mark's being a simp, bro. Yep, Mark is an idiot. He's trying his hardest, but ugh. Oh, yeah, he's, he's anyway. The, so the, I'm just watching. But this. like, why? Yeah, she's like, like, I'm good. That's why. Like, I legit think there's something at the end of this road that we're not being told about. Like the like ten grand or something. Like why they would sit on. They get this to pawn info the, for two years. They get to pawn well, the yeah. ring for Marlboro Lights and a four <laughs> loco. But like. Why would anybody stick around? Like, if I was with a Jessica, like, even for two days, I'd be like, well, clearly you're not into me. You're into Barnett. I'm just going to go home now. Like, why stick around? And, they like, everybody in the show is trying so hard to convince themselves, like, no, it's real love. Y'all don't understand, but this is, like, real, true, honest love. Like, no, it's not. You don't even believe that. Also, you mean to tell me that all these old face people are 27 years old? <laughs> Good God. Get the hell out of here. No way. This is like Mark is 24. You are 38. Uh, Gina Nina is 12, though. Yeah, apparently. Ugh. The thing on Twitter, I hadn't seen that part yet, but the thing on Twitter that you uh, retweeted today that Gina was saying about not liking the sex was the funniest thing that I think I've ever seen in my entire life. Oh, so, so cringy. Just that entire conversation. It's like where where is this going? I don't understand. The editors are Wait, fucking what? up all of these conversations. Which combo? Giannina tells 
Giannina tells Damien that Damien is always complimenting her, like, this oh, is the best sex in having... life. Yeah, 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 when they're having to fight in the apartment. Yeah, that's... Yeah. Oh, and then Giannina's oh. like, I never return the compliment. It's not the best sex of my life. Like, you hadn't had sex in 400 days. You were begging for it. Like, what was... Like, what? <laughs> How quick are we to forget that? Oh. She's out here, t- out here spreading yeah, falsehoods. Crazy. She went from, from never having sex to always having sex constantly. Yeah, we don't have to lie on camera. We don't have to do that. Oh. Like, okay. Wait, do you know how that fight ends? No. They have sex. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because all these people are trash monsters. That's, That's all- how it ends. They're like screaming Except at each Kelly other about any more pure. Kelly and Kenny are pure, but they're boring. Yeah, they're boring. Whatever. The I uh, I just I can't get enough of this. I don't normally watch trash television, but I'm like I don't watch The Bachelor or anything like that. So I'm sitting here just going like I can feel my brain cells just going down the toilet. But man, is this fucking entertaining? Oh my god. Can't look away. It's so good. It's like it's like a away. it's like a bus crash. It's like if it was a convict bus and there's a train coming bearing out, bearing down on it, <laughs> and Harrison Ford's in there. Harrison Ford's all up in there. I I'm uh, so I'll, we'll give updates once I actually finish the show. I'm so this Thursday is the wedding, so hopefully I can like knock it out this weekend, and uh, we can talk about it soon. Uh, anything else that you have to say about the, the greatest show known to man, Love is Blind? Uh, Damien is a serial killer. That's all I got. Good lord. All right. Gotta be. He is. I also want to When you get. Go ahead. When you get to them living in the apartment, like, he becomes, like, this very incelly serial killer sort of guy. Oh, yikes. Um, I also wanted to say, how awkward is it being a camera person on a reality (laughs) TV show? Can I go home? Yeah, just the, uh, can I go home now, guys, meme? Like, sitting there where they're just like, all right, we're about to start going to Pound Town. You want to, like, stick around? Like, that's Uh, definitely, like, just talking to each other on camera, like, what do you want to do to me? All right, I'm I'm out. If I'm like, if I'm the camera person, I'm like, I'm out of here. No. Yeah. Uh, also, I mean, where the camera people snick. Yeah. The camera um, people were snickering whenever the whenever Jessica was like, I don't want to have sex with Mark yet. Where the camera people were like, what's going on? <laughs> you liar. What? Um. to like pull the curtain because I have been that camera guy on this reality show there are so many people in that room there's at least a producer and a sound guy and like two PAs they're not going to pound town it just seems like they're just talking about like like whatever G or whatever is talking to Damien like I want to just have sex I haven't had sex in like five like I'm the dessert and like oh my god like can we not can we not I was so cringy and the fact they like cut to somebody else and then they come back to Damien and he's just eating the ice cream. I was like, this is actually really good editing all of a sudden. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
I got to finish this trash TV so I don't, I don't know, so I don't end up getting invested in it. But the, uh, yeah, that's it. That is episode nine, one eleven, one twelve. We're trying to get out of here. We will not have an episode on Thursday, uh, Thursday, Friday, because one, I haven't seen any new movies. I don't know. If, you saw a portrait of a lady on fire, Jake. I did, and it was incredible. We might have to do that review here pretty soon. Um, was it on fire? Say that again. Was it on fire? Oh. It was. Uh, I'll save it for either like my one take for our next review, or we might review it, but it is, it is a perfect film. Oh, all right. So that would be Parasite and this film. So, um, and Love is Blind. So we're going to move on and we'll we'll get you with the a one, trifecta the trifecta we'll get you with a love is blind uh finisher next week we'll have a one takedown uh i'm not sure of what film yet it's probably going to be another white dad cinema um i assume unless we have any more ryan gosling films that we want to take down uh drive oh, thank god for games Oh, Drive would be a good one. Right. And then, I've never seen Drive. Let's do it. Okay. Well, then we're doing another Ryan Gosling Cinematic Universe for our one takedown. We'll be doing Drive. Uh, so watch Ooh. that. You have a whole week to watch that. And then we'll come out and tell you next Monday what we're going to be reviewing on Thursday. So pay attention. You can follow us on Twitter at One Take Pod, the number one take pod. You can email us at one take podcast show at gmail.com. You can follow us on Simplecast, iTunes, and Spotify, and Google Podcasts now. Shout out Google. Thanks for uh, helping me out there. And then um, I think you can actually find us, search for us on Spotify now. I think the search bar, we have enough podcasts at this point that the search bar is actually coming up. Just search One Take Pod. You can also uh, download, rate, and subscribe on iTunes, please, and thank you. Um, Yeah, that's pretty much all that I have. Uh, Dex, uh, we are eventually we are so close i can feel it she's active on twitter again we are like two months away from getting florence Pugh on this podcast yeah the it's whole coming. paddington thing with the marmalade that got traction so hit him with a hashtag. So, hashtag support florence Pugh. let's go you heard your girl needs to come on the show all right guys bye we out we out. We out. We the best music.